have your Bible, and I hope you do, or you want to pause the video for just a minute to grab your copy of God's Word, I would encourage you to have that so that you can follow along when we will pause to look at a couple other passages later in the sermon. I want you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, our text is 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 18. It's one of my favorite passages of Scripture, and my prayer is that it would encourage all of us morning as we would continue in God's hope and redemption. Before I read this text, I'm going to pray and ask the Lord to help us. Father, you have told us that all scripture is breathed out by you and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Lord, would you open our eyes to see wondrous things in your word? Now the reading of God's holy word, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 16. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God remains forever. Do you ever feel like giving up? When life gets tough and things don't go our way, it can be tempting to throw in the towel, so to speak. Yet at the same time, we love stories of people who overcame great obstacles and didn't give up, didn't lose heart, and instead accomplished what they set out to accomplish. So, for example, Henry Ford left his long-term comfortable job back in 1889 to establish the Detroit Auto Dealership. He used $150,000 of investors' money, yet over a year later, the company went bankrupt. Somehow, his investors still had faith in him, and invested in the Henry Ford Company in 1901. This man went in bankrupt in 1901. Having lost all of the investors' money twice, would he try again a third time? Well, Henry Ford did, and he established the Ford Motor Company in 1903. And five years later, the company became a success with the release of the Model T and the invention of the Atomic take author J.K. Rowling, for instance, the author of the Harry Potter series, who had her first novel of that series rejected 12 times before somebody finally agreed to publish it. And now the series has sold over 500 million copies. In the midst of COVID-19 and all that is going around us, sometimes it's tempting for us to want to give up, to lose heart. We can't see our family like we might want to. We can't gather together in person for worship. We can't see our friends at school. Seniors through last year of school seems to be just going off the rails. And on and on we can go. Yet here in 2 Corinthians 4, Paul's words encourage us to keep going. 
begins by saying, so would you not read it like that? The word so takes us back to earlier in the chapter. If you have your Bible open, look with me to 2 Corinthians 4, starting in verse 5. Paul says, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, but ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Paul says it's the good news of the gospel. And then down in verse 14, Paul says, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his kingdom. So Paul talks about the good news of the gospel, the hope of the resurrection, what we celebrated at Easter and says, Therefore, so would you not read it like that? And in one sense, we can stop there. We end so many ages with that. And yet Paul goes on in verses 16 to 18 to flesh this idea out even more. And he gives us three reasons for us not to read it like that. He tells us first that we have inward renewal. Secondly, that there is an eternal weight of glory. And third, So first, we do not lose hope because of the inward renewal that God is doing in us. Paul says in verse 16, Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Our body and this term outer self, Paul refers to anything that is earthly, anything that is of this life. John Calvin puts it this way. The outer man is the maintenance of the earthly life, which consists not merely of the flower of one's age and a good heart, but also in riches, honors, friendships, and other resources. In other words, the outer self is referring to everything that is of this world, because it's all wasted away. Now, lest we think that Paul is some academic tucked away in an ivory tower with no real application to us. We need to think of his words just a few chapters later in 2 Corinthians 11, where he says this, Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea, on frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, dangers from robbers, Dangers from my own people, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. Now my guess is that most of us can't directly relate to all this that Paul is saying, but the reality is still the same, that our outer self is wasting. Perhaps you've seen that with your physical body as you've gotten older. Your muscles don't work quite like they used to. Perhaps with COVID, COVID-19, your outer self is wasting away in the sense of your finances. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe somebody you know has been sick. Maybe you've even lost your job. Maybe your 401k just went out the window. And in light of all this, it's easy for us to lose remember that though our outer self is wasting away, the inner self is being renewed day by day. 
out of his sacrifice, through communion with Christ and the work of his spirit for the forgiveness of our sins. Now notice that Paul says this renewal happens day by day. When it happened, it didn't happen overnight. Rather, it's day by day, week by week, Commenting on this passage, author and pastor John Piper says this, The power of your hope and strength and joy is not meant for one on yesterday's day. The metabolism of your spiritual renewal is not meant to run on yesterday's meal. The relief from your spiritual medicine does not come from yesterday's dinner. The text says day by day the renewal comes. There are no spiritual booster shots that last for 10 years. There are no meals designed by God to carry you for a year. There are no gas tanks in the car of your faith big enough that never run dry. I think sometimes we get in trouble as believers when we try to live from one spiritual high to the next. We try to go from Christmas to Easter to a missions trip to other things to the highlights of our year thinking somehow maybe this will sustain us sustain you and carry you on your way. But that's not how we're supposed to live. No, we need to be renewed daily and weekly. May we be like David who prayed in Psalm 63, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I pray. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. You know, in some sense, we're in that dry and weary land can't gather together corporately as God's people, and maybe you're struggling with a question like, am I still going to need to pray for this person? What does this daily renewal look like? Well, Paul tells us in Colossians 3, verses 9 and 10, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image Paul says elsewhere in Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Now, our faith is certainly more than just intellectual knowledge, but it's also at the same time not less than that. We need our minds to be engaged in the knowledge of God and of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, it leads us to ask, what are we spending our minds doing here in this truth of God and His Word? Or is it other things? The news, social media, other people's opinions about what's going on in our lives? We need daily renewal now more than ever. And though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. After all, God uses the trials of life to grow us and to renew us. And that renewal Because when through fiery trials thy pathway shall lie, my grace all-sufficient shall be thy supply. The flames shall not hurt thee, I only do thy will. Thy dross to sustain, and thy 
you stop to think about the inward renewal that God is doing in you right now? Have you prayed and asked God to do that work in you? I think so often we begrudge the fact that we don't have time to be still and know that He is God. God is still in charge. God is sovereign. God is taking advantage of you. What is going on in your life right now is no accident. It has been ordained by Almighty God. And He promises to use the difficulties of life to bring about the inward renewal that causes us to be encouraged. We can have hope because of the inward renewal that God is doing. But that's not the only reason that Paul gives us in this text to not lose heart. The second reason he gives us is because that there is an eternal weight upon your shoulders. In verse 17, Paul says, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond begins his second point by noting that our affliction is light and momentary. Now we need to be careful. Paul isn't trying to trivialize suffering. He's not trying to say it doesn't really exist and we just need to suffer through it. That's what the Spirit shows us in this passage. He's doing this. He's talking about this in a compassionate way. talks about them being temporary. He's not saying that they'll be over tomorrow, but rather they can only last a duration of just a few seconds. In light of eternity, this life is but a mist in the grand cosmic picture that we're living in. Therefore, our trials are short in comparison to eternity. And this helps us get patient. I think one of the most difficult aspects for a lot of us dealing with the coronavirus and being told to stay at home and other things, is we don't know exactly how long this is going to last. We knew that by May 1st or even June 1st that everything would be back to normal. We'd get the A-OK. I think a lot of us can feel a little better. Say, okay, I can buckle down. I can get through this. But as it stands presently, we don't know exactly how long this is going to be like this. And that's unfortunate. But that's not the case suffering in general of this life because we know that they will come to an end. And either Jesus returns or God calls us back to live with him forever. No, in that sense. Not that they don't have an impact on us at all, but they are light in comparison to the eternal weight of glory. The light momentary afflictions we face are preparing are all appointed by our sovereign God have a purpose. They're part of God's work preparing us for heaven. We don't merit salvation. We know that we are saved by grace through faith and not as a gift from God as Paul tells us in Galatians 5.20. Yet at the same time, they are part of life and trial now. Jesus said in John 16, in this world you will have tribulation. In Acts 14, it tells us that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Now, not all trials 
of them trusting in the Lord have their forgiveness taken away. Because the reality is Aaron refused to believe it. Which reminds us that the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, is so vital and so important for us every single day. If we've not had our hearts changed by the good news of Jesus, if we've not put our faith and trust in Him, then the promise is often not as promising to us. If you find yourself today realizing that you haven't put your trust in Jesus, and if you don't have a purpose for your trial that you're facing, then come to Jesus. He is your call to find purpose. Take the trouble to delay it if you don't have one. And as you come to Jesus, finding the rest your soul desires, I pray that you see that there is an eternal weight of glory beyond all language is a phrase that we can't even really translate in idioms. It means that there's no real good word for this. Words simply can't do justice to what awaits believers who have put their trust in their desired Savior, Jesus Christ. John gives us just a glimpse of what this will be like in Revelation 21. If you have your Bible open, I encourage you to flip over there. Next to the last chapter of the Bible, Revelation chapter 21. Revelation 21, starting in verse 1, John says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the son's throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, making all things new. This is just a mere foretaste of what God says awaits us once we cross the finish line here. We have so much for which to look forward to. In the light momentary afflictions of this life are preparing for us this eternal weight of glory. Do you see the contrast here? The light is contrasted with dark. And momentary is contrasted with eternity. In no other words, the trials and tribulations of this life, even if they last 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years, are really are nothing in comparison to the eternity of hope that God has brought us through this world and through eternity. That's what true faith is. facing right now are helping prepare you for the eternal weight of glory that's lined up in front of you. Friends, now more than ever, we need to realize this reality of this eternal weight of glory, the hope of God in Jesus Christ. Last
lastly, we do not waste cars because the penalty was great. Look with me back in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18. Paul says, as we look, not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. There's no mistake about it. The things that are seen are temporary. They will fade away. Some more quickly than others. They won't last. But rather what is unseen, what is transient, will last forever. This is hard for us. As humans, we're concrete and literal. It can be hard, even as adults, to think in reality. That's why the saying, out of sight, out of mind, rings true for so many. If it's not right in front of us, we can so quickly forget it. Therefore, we can quickly lose sight of the penalty of the eternal. get bogged down by what we see, our job, our schoolwork, our friends, our family, money, possessions, and on and on and on. So often we push that aside. We don't even realize we're doing it. One of the benefits, I believe, of this passage is that it calls us to slow down, and a lot of the things that we spend so much time focusing on have been taken away. Even the progress for Hulk Hogan has been taken away. Well, I have no idea about the faith of Hulk Hogan, exactly where he stands, but he said something, I think, rather profound. I believe it's attributed to him. He said this, In three short months, just like God did with the plagues of Egypt, he has taken away everything we worship. He said, You want to worship athletes? I will shut down the stadium. You want to worship musicians? I will shut down civil service. You want to worship actors, I will shut down theaters. You want to worship money, I will shut down the economy and collapse the stock market. You don't want to go to church and worship me, I will make it where you can't go to church. Maybe we don't need a vaccine. Maybe we need to take this time of isolation from the distractions of the day and have a personal revival where we focus on the only thing in the world that really matters. We could quibble over a few things that Hulk Hogan says there, seemingly putting words in God's mouth. But at the same time, when the plagues came upon Egypt, in a lot of ways, God has taken away certain things from his people. And like he says there at the end, we perhaps have taken time to focus on what really matters. And that's what Paul is getting at here in verse 18 of 2 Corinthians 4. He says, as we look, we're called speaks of spiritual overseers. Jesus told us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to us. What are the physical things in this world that distract you from the spiritual? Is it work, or money, or popularity, or success? Is it sports, or Netflix, or your iPhone, or social media? We really believe that these things are transient. And I guess as we spend far less time on them, we lose sight. Instead, we're to focus on the spiritual. How do we do this? We lose track of how we got here. The author of Hebrews put it this way. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, 
Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. When we look to Jesus, our focus is on his righteousness. And we see him Everything else will fall away. But Jesus Christ is able to do Therefore, we don't lose heart. We don't give up. We run the race with endurance. Back in 2002, Kayla Montgomery of Winston-Salem, North Carolina, was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in her arm. It happened at the age of 14 years old. If you don't know, this disease causes damage to the nerves, and as a result, she lost all feeling in her legs and her arms. Yet after six months of physical therapy and medicine, she finally regained some of that feeling. But because of this sickness, for which her parents feared, she had to stop playing competitive soccer when she was living in it, and she took to running. And she became really good like state championship runners. But there was one struggle that she had. As she ran, her body temperature would rise, and as a result, the symptoms of her MS would start to develop, which meant that every race that she would run, about a lap into the race, she would lose all feeling in her legs. So she couldn't compete though her coach, Patrick Cromwell, said that she wanted to run and she wanted to run fast and that he wanted her to push push her as hard as possible so that she could be the best that she could be. And he wouldn't hold back. He would yell all throughout the race to push her, to help her be the best that she could be. And his support for her was best found on Facebook. He said in an interview, with one lap to go, I run across the track and just get ready to catch her. We catch her to protect her. We don't want her to brace for a fall and break an arm or collarbone. You see, her coach, while encouraging her all the way along the race, go to the finish line, stands ready to protect her at any cost. Brothers and sisters, we have a Savior who stands at the finish line of life ready to help us. Welcoming us with open arms to come and help and prepare us and give us Therefore, we can run the race with endurance. There are and will be many trials, but we will have it. So do not lose heart. Keep going. 